Today in the Attorney Career Advice Podcast with Harrison Barnes. Your absolute best to get summer law firm jobs. People can fit in and be likable in different ways. Important. Also, your cover letter is extremely important. Your goal really is to tailor the resume towards what the employer is looking for. A presentation we're doing today about resumes and cover letters and the mistakes that people make when they write resumes and cover letters. I had a pretty long PowerPoint prepared, but in order to make the most of this webinar, and it's a live webinar, I thought it would probably be a lot more important and useful to conduct this in a Socratic fashion where I'm going over some tools and ways that employers actually look at resumes and having you think about it and people give answers and we can go from there in terms of the best way to look at resumes and cover letters. Just to give you some insight into my experience with resumes and cover letters, at BCG, we have, I think, over 700,000 attorneys and law students and database that have actually contacted us looking for jobs. Every resume that comes in, I review personally and decide whether or not our company is going to work with them. We have lots of automated tools and things that we use to classify resumes when they come in in terms of practice areas and locations and the type of work that the person's doing. I honestly can take a look at a resume and very quickly get a sense of how employable the person is in a law firm in different types of positions because I've been doing it for so long and over 20 years we've generated hundreds of millions of dollars in fees from law firms and people that hire our candidates. So we have a good sense of this market and while not perfect at it, we're continually evolving and getting better and better at it. So that's some of my background. I've been doing nothing but this for almost 25 years and understand, I think, understand it quite well. Start, I'm going to go over with you to understand how employers view your resume because you always need to put yourself in the shoes of the people reviewing your resume because the employers are the ones that are hiring you. While your resume is often a document that makes you happy, in reality, your resume is something that needs to make the employer happy. There's a concept in the Silicon Valley that's very popular. It was popular among Bezos, who I guess isn't necessarily Silicon Valley, but very popular among Musk and a lot of other people. It's based on Aristotle's first principles. And essentially what that says is you need to look at the root of what you're trying to do with anything that you're doing. What that means is if you're trying to build a rocket engine, for example, when SpaceX was trying to build rocket engines, Musk was told that the rocket engine were $60 million. And he said, that's ridiculous. Why does something like this have to cost $60 million? He said, what components is it? What are the components that it costs? How much would it cost to get the components? And he realized that for about $120,000, you could get all the components to build a rocket engine. So there was no reason it needed to cost $60 $60 million. He did the same thing with batteries. And that's one of the reasons I said, oh, batteries are so expensive. So when you take your resume, what you need to do is you need to break it down under this first principles of Aristotle, which is basically you take things and you look at what your goal is. Your goal is to understand what the employer is looking for and tailor it towards that. We're going to talk in a few minutes. Your goal really is to tailor the resume towards what the employer is looking for. So to start, if everyone that's on the call, and we're talking here today mainly about law firms, a couple of people raised their hands. So I'm going to call on them. Aaron, what are they looking for? Hi there. I recently graduated law school and I'm assuming that they're looking for some sort of relevant experience, either in a clerkship or in volunteering for the practice area that they're seeking to hire. Okay, great. A clerkship and what else? Oh, in the practice area? Or volunteering, being part of some group. 
Thank you, Aaron. And then Renee, did you have something that you wanted to say? Yes, I am an attorney, but I have been in privacy all of my, most of my professional career and working for Fortune 500 companies. One thing that I have found that employers are really looking for is competence in a particular subject matter. Then second, which is sometimes missed, is how well that person is going to fit into their ongoing team and internal processes. Those two things that were important to me that I've seen. All right. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. When I look at resumes and what I've developed from studying these first principles for quite a while of resumes, there's five things that employers are looking for. And I'll list those down. It's, uh, can you do the job? Will you do the job long-term? Discuss that in a few minutes. Can you be managed? Do you want the job? Do we like you? So again, let's talk about a little bit about can you do the job? Does anyone have any ideas about what that would be about? Can you do the job? Does anyone want to raise their hand? Or put it in the Q&A chat? Yeah. So, well, can you do the job essentially means a bunch of different things. So most employers that are hiring you in a law firm typically have several different types of ways of telling if you can do the job. So um, employers, as you guys are all aware, and girls, typically fall into different types of prestige levels. So different types of prestige levels. Explain to you why that's important in a second. Prestige levels. And the prestige levels are based on your background and experience. So essentially what the prestige levels are, and when I say prestige levels, I don't really mean prestige levels in a negative sense, but what a prestige level is you typically have firms, candidates that are, you can rank them one to five. And what a one means is it means you're primarily have experience servicing individuals without large budgets or on contingency. And then the second one would be primarily individuals, small companies without budgets, often insurance companies and non-insurance companies supervise without in-house counsel, meaning if they're small companies, they typically don't have in-house counsel. Then three would be primarily deep pocket individuals, individuals, small to medium companies, medium companies and medium companies with in-house counsel, likely have in-house counsel and day-to-day legal work. Four are going to be larger, large, medium to large companies with in-house counsel for day-to-day legal work. And then five would be largest companies, most sophisticated legal work. So this is really the five types of firms that when your resume, when someone looks at your resume, they decide what kind of bucket that you fall into. This is what all employers are doing, and it's what large legal employers are doing as well. But it's what large legal employers are doing as well. And so everyone is looking at your resume through these five boxes to see if you can do the job. These five different things, and I'll just keep talking about this Word document, I got the camera's frozen, is if you have experience servicing individuals, that means you're doing something could be trusted in the States. It could be family law. It could be... So that these are kind of consumer-facing practice areas, which are trust in the States, family law, these sorts of things. Family law could be more than that. But if you have a resume that looks like you're primarily doing service to individuals, it's going to basically... People are going to see things on their DUI law, criminal law, things along those lines. And typically what happens, and this is not always a good thing, are depending on the law school you go to, people from the major law schools or the largest law schools typically do want to work in these kind of practice areas, schools, not consumer-facing earlier in their career. And then later in their career, they may go into those. 
And then as you move up the line, people will work in law firms that do this. Now, these types of law firms, the five are going to be the most prestigious, best law students and so forth. And actually, even in schools like Yale and so forth, people do not always get into five firms. So it's not to say, and four firms are typically going to be your typical AMLAW 100 to 100 law firm. And then the majority of attorneys in the United States actually work in one to three firms. Medium firms, or medium-sized cities and that sort of thing. And then individuals, same thing. These would be lower, the types of people that get jobs in that. So your resume will reflect, based on the way people are reading it, whether or not you can do the job. So this is how people start looking at your experience and how people start evaluating whether or not you can do the job. Depending on the type of firm you're applying to, if you don't have good grades and you're at a consumer-facing law firm that does all consumer, you're going to have a very difficult time going to work for a three to five firm many times. You sometimes can move up to a two firm. If you move up to a two firm and work for small companies, then you could often move to a three firm. But just keep in mind that anytime someone has in-house counsel that's supervising the legal work, what that means and the reason that's important and the reason I put that in there is because the some if in-house counsel supervising legal work what that means is it means that that you are typically going to be working for in-house counsel is looking over the attorneys working on their matters. They're going to want to make sure that it's a good attorney and so forth. So I'm going to come back to this in a second, but someone did raise their hand. So I want to see what they have to say. Uh, let's see here. Tiffany, you have a question? Okay, I guess not. Oh, to unmute. Okay, so this is how you can do the job. So the first thing they're looking at is they're looking at what your experience says about you. So they're looking at whether or not or what your law school says about you and whether or not they can fit you in to one of these boxes, which would be one, two, three, four, and five. Law firms typically have different types of clients. And so the law firm you're applying to can often be ranked between a one and a five. So on BCG, all the law firms that we look at are one to five. So when you're applying to firms, they're asking if you can do the job, whether or not you win with what they're looking for in this one to five range. Does anyone have any questions about this? I just want to make sure that you guys understand this when you're applying to jobs. Do you want to grow your legal career? A lateral move might be the right choice to get you on track for your career goals. Working with a legal placement firm like BCG Attorney Search can open doors for you and help you live the life you dream of. If you're looking for a new legal job, send us your resume so we can help. Visit www.bcgsearch.com and click on Submit Resume to be paired with one of our legal placement professionals who will work tirelessly on your behalf to get you your dream legal job. Submit your resume to www.bcgsearch.com to get started today. You can raise your hand if you have any questions. Okay. Um, okay, so the next thing when you do the job is really then you're looking at the job description. So every job has a job description associated with it. And so when they're looking at the job description, essentially a job description is going to, when you read a job description on a website or on an employer's website, the job description will typically mention a job title, which will be associate counsel or associate partner counsel, whatever the part-time contract attorney, whatever the title is. And so you'll have a job title and then you'll also, and you'll have a job description. And then the description will typically ask for something related to experience. So this is one of the things that's very important for every resume when you look at the description. And the reason the description is important is because your description needs to basically of your experience needs to talk about that your experience matches the job. So the way to understand that with your experience matching the job is if a law firm is looking for someone to do 
Okay, so your experience, your description needs to talk about your experience to match the job. So what does that mean? So it's very important to understand a couple of different issues about law firm jobs. Most law firm jobs are looking for specialists. A specialist is basically someone that does one practice area and sometimes more than one practice area, but typically they'll do one practice area. So some a law firm may be searching for a corporate attorney to do M&A. A law firm may be searching for someone to do a certain type of litigation. And so they need to understand when they're looking at your background that you have the experience to do that work. And uh, one of the things I would recommend everyone on this call do is there's been a lot of, I've done several webinars and they're on our website where we talk about different things related to write your resume and, and the kind of resume critiques and to look at them. But the idea is you typically have what a lot of attorneys do on their resumes is list everything that they've done. And, and that's not really that smart. If you're applying for a, a certain type of job, what you need to do. Okay. So resumes need to list everything that you've done and, and then, and people will do that. And so the problem with listing everything that you've done is it makes you look like a generalist and not a specialist. And, and most law firms will hire specialists. If you're applying for a certain type of job, really what you want to do is you want to draw attention to how your recent experience, whether it was a clerkship or a whatever you're doing, is a good fit for a specialist type of job. And that's really extremely important. Every job has a practice area associated with it. If you go to the BCG search site and you go to the homepage, you'll see we have about 350 different practice areas. And so when we're looking at your resume, what we're trying to do at BCG, for example, is we're trying to fit your experience into a, a like a box. And if we can't fit your experience into a box, the it's very difficult for us to work with you because most of our clients are seeking a special and if a law firm is looking for anything, you need to make sure that your resume reflects that. So that's one of the things that law firms are asking when they ask if you can do the job. They're asking whether or not you're where you fit into this role. So if you're if you have a lot of experience working for individuals, you should be applying to firms primarily that do that, or you might be able to get that experience. If you're working for mid-sized companies, you want to apply to firms that are, you could apply to firms that are doing, if you're working to three firm, you can apply to firms that are doing to fours. And if you're working to four firm, you can apply to firms doing five. So that's the biggest way to understand how kind of law firms are asking whether or not you can do the job. They're asking if you, if your experience matches that and if your stuff is related, if your current experience is related to that. Does anyone have any questions about, can you do the job so far? Okay. And if you do, just raise your hand. And the next question that people ask, very important, is will you do the job long term? So there's lots of ways for a law firm to tell if you can do the job long term. Does anyone have any ideas about how, and you can raise your hand if you do, how law firms can determine that? Okay. When a law firm is hiring people, oh, sorry, someone raised their hand. So thank you, Aaron. Let me just see here. I'll call on Aaron. Okay, Aaron, let me see. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Go ahead. So I guess this is semi-answer, semi-question, which is, Right. I'm concerned about the value of, let's say, content production. So would it be that if you're interested in doing something long term and can do something that blog posts or other media would aid you in being evidence of that? So things that you've done writing blog posts and things that are related to your practice area? Yeah. So, for example, I have a certification in privacy. Would producing right. media on privacy like blog posts or video help me show that I can do it and that I'm interested in doing it long-term? 
Absolutely. So that's exactly, and that's a really good point and exactly what you should be doing. Anyone that shows an interest in something, for example, if you're interested in privacy and you've gone and got gotten your privacy certification, you've written blogs about it and things, then the idea is both that you'll probably do the job long-term and be committed to it. Yes. So if you were, and think about it from the standpoint of an employer, if you had an opening for a privacy law attorney and you had someone that just applied and said they wanted to work there and you had another person that showed a bunch of outside interest, you would probably hire the person that had a lot of interest and did a lot of independent stuff with them. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So that's one of the ways that people will look at people for long term. So interest in the subject matter. Anything other ideas you can think of? Aaron? Yeah, I'm thinking short. So for somebody who's I mean, inexperienced, literally right. just passed the bar. So I'm like, I'm still thinking about what could work. I had a career prior to this in video production. And what I found was a lot of networking events actually were helpful in showing that because it builds connections. And generally speaking, especially in the entertainment industry, it's all about those connections, but I was trying to think about how I could parlay that into this type of specific thing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The long term, and just to give you everyone some kind of insight into what that is exactly, what the idea, and thanks, Aaron, for your comment. What long term means is when an employer is looking at your resume, it costs an employer a lot of money to bring someone in and train them. And it, it costs money for, costs money to bring people in and train them. It also costs money for new attorneys, new attorney training. It also costs money for attorneys that are hired and leave. And it costs money to hire people that are unlikely to stay for whatever reason. So law firms can often tell that you're likely to leave if they see a lot of outside interest and experience that is incompatible. So it's funny when you look at the people in the best law firms that make partner and so forth, they're often, they don't often, some of them do, but the majority do not look that interesting on paper and are not that, a lot of them in person aren't that interesting. There's nothing wrong with that. Law firms that are hiring people really want people at the junior level that they believe are going to stick around and also at the senior level and the mid-level and whatever they're going to stick around. In order to see if someone's going to do something long-term, the ways that they can typically tell that are a history of long-term employment. If you've had a history of long-term employment with a single employer prior to law school, they like that. If they think that if you're a new attorney and all you've ever wanted to do is practice law in a big law firm since you've been a young child or something, or your parents were attorneys, something that demonstrates to the employer that this is what you want to do. That's important to them. Making the ability that if you switch jobs a lot, they don't like to see that. So no one likes to hire people that have switched firms a lot or jobs in the past. They don't like that. They don't like people that look like they're interested in other things. What Aaron said was a really good point. He's interested in data privacy and has done all this writing on it. And, and that actually makes him look like a very good candidate for someone to hire him for that. But one example would be someone that has done nothing but been always interested in the entertainment industry. This is very common, by the way. You see a lot of resumes of people that might be, have done work and been on the entertainment law society, been in the entertainment club in college, then moved to Los Angeles and are working as a tax attorney somewhere. Knows anyone that hires them knows that that person at some point is going to try to jump ship and go to work at an entertainment company or an entertainment law firm. That's just what people do when they have those types of interests. If someone's been uh, a lot of times, I will place a lot of people in the healthcare industry with no 
experience working in a law firm, but they may have been in the healthcare industry prior to law school. Then, then they went to work in the healthcare industry after law school, maybe in a company or something. And then they want to work in a law firm. Law firms are they're likely to stick around and do that practice here in the long term. Law firms make money off you and are better off hiring people that are going to do the job long term. So they need to see that in your resume. Now, some of the things that law firms don't like to see that scare them, do not like to see, they don't like to see things like entrepreneurial experience. Now, that may sound something like they know that you're probably going to leave and do your own thing if you've been an entrepreneurial before. They don't like to see in, like very strong interest and in strong public interest, pro bono, all that sort of thing. They know that you'll probably leave and do that. Not that there's anything wrong with any of that, but it's not compatible with that type of employer. They don't like to see the not moving jobs. I brought that up. They don't like to see that. They don't like to see any type of interest in other subject matter to make a living. People that do things that are have done things in the past or during law school have started businesses or done anything related and outside business and things, the law firms know that you'll probably do that eventually. And then another thing that's interesting is a lot of law firms will intentionally, and, I, and I've written a lot about this before, and it tends to be a little bit of offensive to people, but people that do the job long-term typically will have the belief that working in a law firm is, and again, I don't say this in a, in a bad way, but working for someone else, working in a law firm is what you should be doing with your career in the long term. And it's a better option than other things. And you tend to be someone that will be a follower and look up to people in the law firm and that sort of thing. And that's I'll talk about that a little bit in the future. But those are things that the law firms like to see. They need you to be like a criticism. It's not a criticism of law firms. It's not a criticism of you or anybody that wants to be entrepreneurial. Or but they, as a business, they people that will do the job long term. And so, if you can convince a law firm that you really want to work hard and stay there and do a good job, then that's important. The problem when an attorney is hired and it wants to do something else is that it's that they typically will disengage long before they quit uh, or they leave and they won't give their full effort. That means the clients won't get the best service. If, they, if they're if they someone that's going to do the job for a year or two, that means that the law firm's going to have to train them and attorneys are going to have to take time away from billable hours to mark up their work and help them. And the person's just going to take those skills to another firm. So all this is very expensive and you really make yourself look like a very good for the law firm. If you can convince them that you're likely to stay there long term. It's also one reason I just wanted to bring to everyone's attention that when I talk about these different levels, like these one, two, three, four, and five people, lots of people start out at one firms and end up at four firms. Some even make it to five firms. It's because if a law firm, someone starts out at a one firm and there's nothing wrong with that, you can get a job later at a two firm because you'll say, hey, I this is what I always wanted to do. I always wanted to work, move away from working with individuals. I really want to get some experience working with Small companies. Do you want to take back control of your legal career? We have a solution for you. Harrison Barnes, the number one legal recruiter with over 20 years of experience, hosts weekly webinars followed by live Q&A sessions every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern. These webinars are packed with helpful information that you can use to advance your legal career. Best of all, after each webinar, Harrison stays for as long as needed in order to answer every question. And regardless of your experience, if you really can convince a law firm, then people will hire you. Same thing with two firms. People move from two firms to three and four firms all the time by really looking committed. So 
Your resume can give that a feeling if you've been in a similar practice setting, if you've been in a certain market a long time, all that stuff can be helpful. One of the things that's interesting about doing the job long term that I just wanted everyone to understand is one of the things that I talk about a lot and people do follow my advice, but is that it's very important if you want to do the job long term to to often and one of the best ways to get hired is to, if you're from a certain market that's smaller than where you're working, or even another market that's larger, with the exception of a few markets, which would be your like your 10 largest markets, anytime you're moving home to a market, so say you're working in Phoenix and you want to move home to San Antonio or something, then law firms in San Antonio are going to believe that this person's settling down. This is where they're from. They're going to stay. They're going to do this work long-term. This is what they want to do. Whereas if you're just moving to another firm in Phoenix, the law firm's going to think maybe there were some problems and stuff with this person. So doing the job long-term is a thing for the law firm that can come across in your resume. And some other problems with resumes that people make that shows you can't do the job long-term. So sometimes people might have had four or five jobs, which is nothing wrong with that. But a current job may be doing trademarks, trademark work. Last job might be IP litigation in general, or just all types of stuff. Job before that might be. And these are very common things that I see in resumes all the time. So if someone has a resume that reads like that, then the law firm's thinking this person's just bouncing around. They're likely to not do this job long-term. They're probably going to try something else. And so the best way to handle that would be to talk about anything related to trademark, to de-emphasize your experience in your last jobs and really highlight trademark because otherwise it's going to look like you're just constantly bouncing around and unlikely to stick around with anything. Law firms do not want to be, they don't want to be experimental grounds for you figuring out what you want to do. They really want to make sure that if you go to work there, that you're likely to stick around. And so that information can come across on your resume. Again, applying to making, deciding what type of attorney you want to look at, look like. If you have experience working for individuals and small companies and you want to work in a three firm, you would go and you would emphasize to make it look probably working. You would talk more about the company work in order to get into the three firm and so forth. And then if you, those are things that can help you. So the next one is long term. Then the next one is, can you be managed? This is a big one too. And I'm sure that everyone knows of a lot of examples of people that can't be managed, but does anyone want to give me some examples or ideas about, you can either put it in the question and answers and chats, or you can put it in, you can raise your hand and answer if you, anybody wants to volunteer. Otherwise, I'll just start talking. So can you be managed essentially is means what it says. Law firms, again, and I talked about this earlier, there's soldiers and then there's generals. And someone that can't be managed, typically the resume will read a lot about their accomplishments, and which is okay, but it'll read a lot about their accomplishments and things that they may have done as an individual, which is okay. Again, I'm not criticizing. I'll talk about this in a little bit more detail, but it will also often be a little bit, will often be political in nature, will reference groups, points of view that may be off-putting to some, and it will give the impression off that, the impression that those opinions and groups are more important than the firm where the person has worked. So I'll tell you a couple funny examples and then I'll get a little bit more serious. So I had a candidate years ago that was a college football player, then went to a top three law school, which it doesn't matter which one, maybe even a top one law school, then became a partner in a major Amlaw 100 law firm. And his resume was littered with 
all his love of football and all the stuff he'd done in college. It had a whole big paragraph of his love of football. And, and then even his extracurricular activities were all about football and his was just all about football. And he was a, become a partner in Amlaw 100 law firm and then was offered an opportunity to go back to this big, I don't know, top 20 college and program and be a coach and decided he was going to take a leave of absence from his law firm to become an assistant coach that was in the school for a year and left all his clients. And the law firm just took all his clients. And when he wanted his job back, wouldn't give him his job back. And not only that, but he couldn't get a job after that for a long time. This is an example of can you be managed and someone who's experienced, which is, I think, an interest in football is a very healthy thing. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but it was so healthy that, that it was more important to him than his clients and practicing law in, a, in one of the top 50 largest law firms in the country, or maybe even bigger than that. So people will do that on their resumes all the time. They'll think that stuff that they've done is very important. And certainly that his football was important, but it was more important to him than his experience, more important than his job. So people will do this all the time. The most common way people will do it a lot of times is it's very funny. I've started seeing all these resumes. And if you're doing this, please don't do it because it, it won't get you hired. If these people that are very angry that they're not working and typically, and they can't get jobs. And a lot of times they're they tend to be, a lot of them are in New York for whatever reason, but there'll be these resumes where they'll the person will have been at a major law firm, like a top 10, 20 law firm. And it will have all this discussion of their pro bono experience. So the resume might be this long with their experience and or it might be paragraph of their experience. We'll talk all about all this pro bono work they did, represented this person, did this and this. And then we'll say also worked in project finance and helped with this. And so the idea is that someone that looks like that probably can't be managed. The pro bono is more important than, than their job. People are not, law firms are businesses and they want to be able to manage you. And there's nothing wrong with being interested in pro bono. But that's a personal thing. It's like being interested in going out and drinking expensive whiskey on Friday night. It's, I think it's interesting, but it attracts from what the law firm needs is soldiers. So it'd be like a soldier in an army saying, what I'm really interested in doing is something completely unrelated to it doesn't help the, uh, the group. So the, again, there's nothing wrong with doing pro bono. Lots of people do pro bono, but emphasizing that experience is likely to give law firms that idea. Other times people will put on all these political activities. So obviously in a lot of big cities, if you put down that you're very interested in Republican politics or anything like that, it could hurt you. And the same goes, which people don't realize, with other party politics too, whether it's uh, who knows, because people will often assume that, that you come with those points of view built in, whether it's unionization or whatever, of the, having that political party and stuff on your resume or very strong interest outside of that. And it could be political it could be something else. And of course, people want differences of viewpoints and things, but you have to ask yourself, do they hire for that? And, and you have to be very careful because in my experience, there's, there becomes a line where it's crossed. And, and I do feel, and I will just say that, again, this comes from watching tens of thousands of people and what happens to them with different stuff on their resume is it can hurt you. So you want to look like you can be managed. So having a, a resume that highlights things that may make it look like that's going to push you in a certain direction could be hard. Other things that give law firms the ability to understand whether or not it can be managed is, and I'm going to, I'm not I'm not telling you you're wrong for thinking any of these things, but a desire to moving for a higher compensation when not that much, when it's not 
There's not a lot of money. It could be negotiating, you know, asking about in time about, I don't know, part asking about and trying to work reduced hours right away. Hours, having lots of complaints and interviews, having lots of movement on your resume, which is related to what I've already talked about. And then you would also have any having owned businesses in the past. They don't, again, they don't. That makes it often very difficult in the past. And then one other thing is it's interesting. There's not appearing for everything. So it's very interesting. And I've noticed this throughout my career is the people that tend to be the best at their jobs. And the higher up you move on the food chain, the more people are willing to admit what they don't know and are teachable. So your resume needs to look like you're teachable and willing to learn. And how does that come across? I see resumes all the time where people will just completely brag and say, first person to ever get 100 out of 100 on exam. And that's okay. But you have to be very careful. And you have to look, look like you're teachable. And people that don't look like they're teachable are often unmanageable. People that want to, they, you have to look like you're manageable. And being manageable means willing to follow instructions, willing to learn, willing to do things that are not questioned and all sorts of things. And this is very hard to talk about because it's offensive to a lot of people and it, and it detracts from what it means often to work for other people. That's all the time we have for this edition of the show. If you are an attorney looking for a change, head on to bcgsearch.com.